Hello, this is my experience about living in Iran for 27 years and it's gonna be about a little story maybe and a couple of hints. I don't know how to start it, but I'm gonna start about one of the most important thing that maybe a couple of people talk about it before, but I think it's one of the most things that these government, Islamic Republic regime do um and uh, it, it's now it's like a system that people live in it and deal with it and don't have any idea how dangerous it could be it's the censorship it's one of the most important thing when you just go deep in it you think of how you are inside the box how they put you inside the box and how you live inside the box unconsciously. Uh, let me tell my story about it. I remember when I was in elementary school, um, I was going to the some religion school. It was like uh, one of the good and one of the best schools in Esfahan. So my parents, as any other Iranian parents, wanted to, their children to be in the, one of the best schools and become an engineer or doctors. And uh, we start to study there. But one of the most important things that they did to us, they made us to pray every day. I did this for five years, three years at elementary school and two first years of high school. And suddenly, after a while, uh, one of my friends that uh, I don't know if he, re if he read the books or if he was, I don't know, bright, I, he just tell me why we don't think about we why we don't think about this prayer why we don't why we just do the things that these teachers and all these managers and head office told us to do why nobody argue about this so we start to talk about it in the school and they easily said, okay, if you don't want it, you can go outside of the school. If you don't want to pray, you can just uh, you, you can just go home. So when we started, they say, okay, after a week, they say, okay, you can't because it's uh, one of the things that all the Muslims should do. So if you're Muslim, you should do it. If you're not Muslim, you can't come to this school. Anyway, we deal with that at that time, but it didn't and as uh, this story doesn't end here after a while i i go to the theater and watched my first theater ever when i was at second i think it was the secondary year of high school and i fell in love with acting i was like okay this is my dream job i want to become an actor so when i started um i get to know that i can write too so I decided to write things, I write the ideas I had, and when it's completed, I give it to one of my friends. And when he read that idea, he was just told me, are you insane? These are forbidden. You can do these things. You can write this scene in your, uh, you know, I, I, I don't remember it was a scenario or it was something, it was a play, I think. And he said, okay, there's a boy, there's a girl, they can't touch each other. Why you, why you wrote something like that? And my answer was obvious. I said, okay, we know that this happened in all our lives. We, I saw these scenes that there's a people, there's girls and boys in the streets. I can't see them that touch each other. It's not like 
uh, it, it wasn't a sex scene, it wasn't some nudity, but it was like, I don't know, they just grabbed their hands and I say, okay, we sell these, we sell this in our home too. But it says, okay, you know, we have something in our house, we have something in, you know, in public. So you should get to use to live a double life. And that was the start of everything because when you just start to think inside the box, you start to use this double life. You have alcohol drinks in your home, but you you shouldn't tell this to anybody. You have, I don't know, receiver at your home. You shouldn't tell about it to anybody. You have any, I don't know, um, you have a girlfriend. Anybody shouldn't know about it. If you lost your virginity, you shouldn't tell anybody anything about it. And even you can't make movie about about it. You can't uh, be in in these positions because all of them are forbidden. They are censored. You can't talk about them. You can't show them. You can't leave them. So, I think Islamic Republic do one of the dangerous things to the people, and it's you know they it, they they just put people mind in a box, and. They just lead it to where they want. Nowadays, if you just talk about something, maybe some of these uh, limits are forgotten or people don't respect it anymore. But still, there is a lot of, a lot of, a lot of limits that people's mind couldn't reach it. For example, if you want to talk about LGBTQ, LGBTQ rights, you can't mention it in street or i don't know in uh, even we have families you know when when you just lo- i know a lot of um, a lot of my friends says okay if we talk to our parents about lgbtq they are like okay who the fuck are these no they are you know they they, they are guilty they shouldn't be like this they have problems but you know all all of that is about thinking inside the box um, I think it gets too long, but I'm just um, sorry, Ali. I just want to get some hints and finish my uh, my speaking about these things. So one of the hints is about uh, about saving money. Please don't save your money when you live in Iran. Just spend it, and I don't say go to a restaurant and spend it. If you want to save. Go and buy something, anything, anything. Go buy a printer, I don't know, go buy papers, go buy a towel, go buy clothes. Everything that can sold, it's more precious than the, uh, than money, than real money in Iran. Don't put your money in the bank. That's the worst thing. And I did it a lot, and that was my biggest mistake in my previous life. And uh, get used to living a double life. And the most important thing, don't lose your hope. Women life freedom forever. Hello everyone and welcome to chapter 103 of the last thoughts of a busy mind. Um, this one titled Who Controls the Present Controls the Past, which is a quote from 1984. It's actually my favorite quote from 1984. Um, I know it's like incredibly cliche to just go at it when I'm talking about a totalitarian regime, but... I think it works here. My drink today is some Coke Zero. Let me take a sip. Really good, even though it's been in my room all day. Um, 
because it's so cold here, it is cold. I'm recording this at 1.15 p.m., not my usual middle-of-the-night stuff, but um, let's get on with it. Uh, as is tradition with this season, at the beginning you heard from my friend talking about living under oppression, L-U-O. And he talked about censorship. Aside from the hints at the end, he talked mostly about censorship. And throughout this season, I talked very broadly about a lot of cultural problems and a lot of limitations that Islamic republics puts on you. I've talked about the morality police. I've talked about um, some of the outlandish laws. But here, I think it's important to take a page out of my friend's book and go very specific about a subject that I am incredibly well-versed in, which is censorship, because that is my area of expertise. Um, um, I studied to become a filmmaker. I wanted to get into this uh, well world. So this I know. So censorship now when when my friend talked about uh, how censorship affected him uh, i felt a great sense of deja vu because it is exactly how it affected me and i think how it affects everyone basically for a work to be published in iran they need to follow certain guidelines and if they don't they have no official way of publishing there are underground ways but it got it gets incredibly harder when you are for example a filmmaker which needs a huge money financial backing in order to make a project so yeah the censorship in iran is that they control everything basically that is where the 1984 comparison comes in they control what you see what you feel and what you are supposed to think because stories are important i cannot tell you how important they are some would even say without them not nothing would have happened a lot of the stuff that we think of when we think of big big cultural changes usually comes from cultural products the French Revolution is as much the works of politicians as it is the works of uh, the dude in the bathtub. I know it's Mala. I just want to make people mad. Uh, <laughs> so I hope it is Mala, and I'm not just making myself look a lot foolish. So stories are important, and from a very early stage much like other totalitarian regimes, the Islamic Republic realized the importance of them and thus began choking them. So, I'm going to tell you something that you probably don't know. When I talk about guidelines, I mean literal guidelines. There is a handbook published every year by the Ministry of Culture that tells you what you can and can't show and what you can and can't talk about. There are broad things which you expect from a totalitarian regime with highly religious roots. Um, no positive representation of LGBTQ members, no positive representation of um, immoral stuff like lack of hijab or adultery. Um, and then there are specific things that 
become absurd, like no close-up of women. And if you think that's absurd, which it is, and you think I'm exaggerating, that was the guideline, the official guideline for decades for TV shows. They weren't allowed to show close-up of women. If the women had painted nails or makeup on, just forget about it. You get closer than a long shot and your project was doomed. And I want you to imagine that with these guidelines, you have to put yourself in the box, as my friend said. You have to limit yourself. You have to keep limiting yourself. There are people like me. I didn't limit myself and thus I have no career I have no job in this industry but if you want to work in it you have to limit yourself and at some point you realize you can't have a free thought you can't tell the stories you want to tell you can't tell stories basically because you need to at all times remember the guidelines and that's how they control stories they don't like, there are stuff that when you talk about, they will fucking come and arrest you. Uh, there are filmmakers in jail right now. But in general, how they control stories is just limit you to the point where your brain can't even imagine a free thought. You can't imagine what you want to talk about. You can't talk about your life because, well, your life might be different from the approved state narrative. You can't talk about anything without a pre approved state narrative. Now, with each president, it changes, which is incredibly inconsistent and even adds more pressure because, for example, you were making a movie by the time, let's talk about the last two presidents, Rouhani, a supposed moderate, was in power. So the guidelines, the official guidelines, were more relaxed. You could show a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, I mean, you could show close-up of women. That's the level I'm talking about. I don't take it as, like, anything. No, just close-up of women. You can show that. So you are making your movie around that. Now, movies take time. TV shows take time to be made. And while you're making that, uh, Rohani's term ends and... The fucker Raisi comes in, a hardline conservative. And suddenly, you can't even show women. Now, that's exaggeration. You can show them with very high limitations. We would put the Hayes Code to shame the old censorship guides of Hollywood. Suddenly, everything is more rigid. You are fucked at that point. You need to either completely re-edit your movie, reshoot your movie, uh, spend a lot more money on it, or you can just let it go. You need to shelve it and hope that um, your producer has enough connection that doesn't lose any money. Which they do. Because with censorship, you have to realize, censorship is not an easy task again going back to 1984 they had a whole ministry for it and that's because censorship is hard work it requires a lot of manpower and a lot of um well workforce so imagine in this situation censorship is 
the norm of the land, which is incredibly bad, you have people who are supposed to act as the middleman between you and the ministry. We call these people fucking vultures. But aside from that, we call them, well, state-approved producers. Now, their job is to be the middleman, because the ministry can't control everything, so they give a little bit of free reign to these people. Some of them have companies, like uh, Farabi is one of them, and uh, there are people like the fucker who made Zendikir Khususi. Um, I forgot his name. I, I don't... It's been a while since I even thought about Iranian cinema because I, I when you realize the limitation, you just realize, oh, I'm, I don't want to work in this. I don't want to work in this environment. And so they give a little bit of free reign to these producers and they will make movies the same exact way that the ministry wants. But they get money from the ministry in order to do so. They have budgets to create cultural products. The same is true for video games, books, every cultural product you can think of. So because of that, suddenly these uh, guidelines are are being enforced by the middleman. And they know how fickle these are. So what they do... They make it more restrictive because it's always better to play it safe than sorry. No, this uh, minister of culture might change. So we can't make something that is free. And that's why every so often when you talk about Iranian cinema, there are movies that feel like, oh, how did they make this? And it's just fucking luck. Under a different administration, under a different minister, under a different day of the week, they might not get a permit. And again, this was very specific, but these are the tools of oppression. These are tools of oppression because stories do inspire people. Stories do tell people about the life around them. You can't live every life around you, but you can experience it through stories, through books, through movies, through plays, through video games to art you can experience these so islamic republic incredibly shrewdly for the totalitarian regime realized their importance and clamped down hard i would give them credit except it's the same thing that um, you know soviet russia did so it's not like it's their idea they stole it from soviet russia So yeah, when you control that, you control the experiences, you can instill everything you want. And because of that, all of the other stuff that I talked about throughout this season happen. Because there is no free art, there is no free thought, therefore, there is no action. (laughs) The fact that even right now, despite all of the hope that I'm still hopeful by the way keep having hope even with all of this I'm thinking "Mm, there might be something else in the play because I can't have a free thought 
because I've been living in this situation for far too long. Hopefully I see you all next week.